Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, listeners, to IronRadio.org. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise uh, physiology and nutrition professor of about 15 years, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Uh, Phil is going to join us later in the episode. He is on the road, uh, and he'll fill us in about what he's doing. It, it involves his Special Olympics team. Uh, but I wanted to cover a little bit of news and listener input, uh, iTunes reviews more so than email this time. So let's get to it here. Uh, I apologize in advance. I've got the flu, and this is shutting me down. But uh, the show's going to happen. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Uh, the first bit of news here uh, was actually sent to me as a WebMD link. Now, some of you might say, oh, well, WebMD, that's not peer-reviewed scientific literature for the most part. But I think they're... Uh, a fairly good resource. And you can always go dig up the original references yourselves. But this is uh, a piece called Daytime Sleepiness and Long Naps Are Tied to Heart Attacks. I know a lot of lifters, if they get a chance, they'll nap. Um, but this is uh, by Robert Preet, uh, P-R-E-I-D-T. It says, people who nap more than one hour a day are also more likely to develop type 2 diabetes, researchers say. So this is very new stuff from March. Uh, it says, while, get, while getting enough sleep is key to health, a new study suggests that long daytime naps uh, may not be doing your heart any favors. And they talk about a group of researchers. And let's see, this is a, a Tokyo University researcher, Dr. Uh, Tomohide Yamada. He's a diabetologist. And... Um, these findings, by the way, they just appeared in the American College of Cardiology. So uh, let's see here. Uh, researchers found that long naps and excessive daytime sleepiness were associated with an increased risk uh, for a combination of health problems that are collectively known as metabolic syndrome. Uh, some of our listeners are familiar, but so syndromes are collections of symptoms, as this pointed out, and generally it's high blood pressure insulin resistance, right? You're just not a good carbohydrate handler or metabolizer, uh, low HDL or the good cholesterol. And uh, often there are other things involved with this too, like fatty liver, high blood triglycerides, but you get the idea. It's a collection of symptoms and they, they sort of orbit around this idea of uh, insulin resistance and glucose intolerance. Uh, so, it says the investigators analyzed the findings of 21 studies. So this is a study of other studies, which is very handy because in this case, uh, there's a total of more than 307,000 people, you know, as the subject base. So it says the research showed that people who napped less than 40 minutes were not at an increased risk for metabolic syndrome. In fact, if you, if you napped less than 30 minutes, that was associated with less risk again, for metabolic syndrome, uh, prediabetes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it says, but there was a sharp rise 
in risk among those who napped for more than 40 minutes. It says, for example, napping for more than 90 minutes during the day appeared to increase the risk of metabolic syndrome as much as 50%. And then it says, as did excessive daytime sleepiness. Now, we have to be careful because there's a cause-effect conundrum here. Is the nap causing the poor carbohydrate handling or is it the fact that you're a poor carbohydrate metabolizer making you sleepy, right? And to their credit, to this Robert Preet, to his credit here, he actually said uh, this is an association between these factors and it did not prove that excessive sleepiness and long-time naps, uh, long-duration naps actually cause metabolic syndrome or diabetes, so it is sort of interesting, though, that there's a relationship. Uh, I think it might be in the reverse direction, frankly. Um, as we middle age, uh, reach middle age, I, this is true with myself, um, I cannot eat the amount of carbohydrates that I used to. And if I eat a big bowl of cereal and milk uh, in the morning, for example, I will get sleepy later. So that's one of the things I think some sort of... Um, Fitness pundits and natural health physicians, they'll actually do that as a little challenge to see how well you handle the carbohydrates because if your blood sugar goes high and your insulin goes way up, you, you tend to get food coma from the carbohydrates. So again, I'm, I'm not sure it's so much the nap causing the insulin resistance as it is you, you're insulin resistant and then your blood sugar and your insulin swing and that makes you sleepy. Right. So, but anyway, it is interesting because again, associations can go either way. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is enough to say don't take a nap for more than about 30 minutes. Uh, but in the past, I've actually seen studies that sleeping for more than 30 minutes might interfere with your sleep later tonight, too. Like a 20, 30 minute power nap is good, but spending an hour and a half, you know, uh, during the day, unless you really need it, uh, probably is not. So again, just something worth mentioning. Okay, so let's press on here, despite the uh, conference crud. By the way, this is a regular thing with me and a lot of guys I know who go to conferences is you run on four hours sleep and coffee, you know, and you're so eager and excited to learn all the new science that we were reporting on last week. And there was actually quite a bit more, uh, but you get sort of strung out, uh, maybe go out for drinks one night, whatever it is, and you get sick. I mean, you're at a convention where there's 15 or 20,000 other people touching everything you touched and your immune system is not ready for that weird location wherever you are. And so I'll stop fussing though. Let's get to some of the listener uh, input. This is not so much mail as it is reviews. So iTunes reviews we haven't touched on in a while. So let me just offer some of these and we'll see what people are saying about us. So there's 337 um, total uh, ratings for us. And of those, there's 220 people have made reviews. So I'll, I'll just go back through maybe March and February, make it as recent as possible. Uh, first one says, super great thanks by manager Chris. I listen to all kinds of fitness podcasts. They put one out every week, no matter what. Well, I feel that this week, Chris, I'm telling you. Uh, this is a favorite out of all the podcasts. Another free one. I have not contributed to them yet, and I need to stop and take time out to send them $100. I've been listening to you guys for three years now uh, or about. Thanks uh, for your commitment, guys. Well, thank you, Chris. That was cool. Uh, this is sort, sort of a way we get paid personally because the, the money that we get from listener support during the show 
uh, we don't just take it personally. We use it uh, for show-related things. This next one, it's the best out there. Oh, boy. Your name is rough here. Gianluca Improta. Uh, sorry if I'm butchering that. I listen to many fitness, bodybuilding, and strength-related podcasts, but Iron Radio is hands down the best. The content is top-notch. The hosts know their stuff. They combine academic knowledge to actual experience in the gym, and they are so funny, you learn a lot of good stuff without even realizing it. Also, they know a great deal about nutrition and supplementation. They talk about all these topics from a bodybuilding and a powerlifting slash strength training point of view, which is great. Uh, they also have different guests, so the main topic of each episode varies. Subscribe to Iron Radio, guys. You won't regret it. Uh, so thank you. Next one. This is also March. Uh, fitness and Nutrition Gold. Uh, by far the most informative and interesting podcast ever. Just started listening about three weeks ago to my first ever Iron Radio. Uh, Iron Radio was recommended to me by one of my swole mates. <laughs> and I haven't been able to stop listening. Helps me learn more and enjoy my 40-minute commute in the AM and PM. Thank you so much for all you guys do, Riley. So... That's much appreciated, Riley. I'm well aware that a lot of people listen in the car. Uh, I myself have about an hour commute on the way to work and back, and I think that's one of the best things about audio as opposed to video, right? Uh, YouTube, you kill yourself trying to watch YouTube on your way to work. So, What else do we have here? One of the best for strength athletes. This is by Jeff Kronheim. A collegial and informative podcast that's tough to beat. I always learn something from the hosts and guests, and most weeks I take away something that concretely improves my training. Can't recommend it enough. So thank you, Jeff. These are really nice, actually. Thanks, guys. Uh, Blake says, Blake Zinn, love the science and real-world combo, plus the diverse backgrounds. Okay, I think that's enough. I could pay him back for you. I haven't read these, actually. I'm going to have to go back and look at these. I really like the ones uh, who I personally really like the ones when people talk about the mix of science and real world application and that sort of thing. I, th I just think there's so much out there in podcast and YouTube land when it comes to lifting. It's a lot of personal opinion. Sometimes it's even a, a experienced lifter, you know, or coach, but it still sort of boils down to personal opinions. And we try to throw that out. Sure. But also mix it with as much academic fact or recent studies as possible. Uh, so, and that actually brings me to a comment, um, returning to the experimental biology conference, we bumped into a listener there. I did not expect that. So if you're listening, uh, you might be grinning, but uh, if I go to the ISSN, the international society of sports nutrition conference, or if I go to NSCA, right? National strength conditioning association meeting, sometimes people will hear my voice or John Mike or, or Mike Nelson, uh, Phil's been to some of these conventions. They hear our voice and say, Oh my gosh, you, you know, I heard you in the next room or down the hall. And that's funny, right? It's because they haven't seen you before. And I'm well aware that because I listen to other podcasts that you feel like, you know, the hosts. Uh, so I appreciate when they come up and say hi. And in experimental biology, that happened. I had sort of a fellow nerd come up. Uh, also does nutrition health related research. In fact, if you're listening, you can contact me because I heard just enough because my students sort of descended upon her and, you know, asking questions and this and that. And I was trying to get a coffee <laughs> as I want to do. And uh, but I, I really wanted to come back and chat. So you can email me at lawnman7 at hotmail.com. 
Um, and we can further discuss your research. I mean, if you're an Iron Radio listener, you're like-minded as far as the exercise and the nutrition stuff. And it sounds like you're a researcher as well. We're always looking for guests. So uh, if you are listening, my uh, fellow nerd at Experimental Biology, send me an email, lawnman7 at hotmail.com. And uh, maybe we'll talk about getting you on the show. And finally, it's been a while, uh, but we're going to fire up a little contest in May, and I want to set the stage so we can do this through April. Some of you may have listened to our quick fire kind of episode where I was giving two options to the other hosts, and we were just sort of firing through these. And these are fun because we could talk about lifting, food, recovery, any lifestyle, anything. So I'm going to start a thread on our Facebook listeners page, and I'd like you to contribute. So all you have to do is log on and throw out, let's say, uh, I would say at least three, three to five quick fire questions that we can ask each other. We can do this on an individual episode. We can piecemeal this into other episodes like as a, as a regular edition if we keep getting these. Uh, but I like the idea of quick fire ty- types of things. Like, for example, you could say conventional or sumo, right, as far as deadlift, of course. You could say chicken or steak. Uh, you get the idea. And so we could do this with almost anything, or you could do it with music. That's always one that we get passionate about. You know, ask Phil, you know, Slayer or Megadeth. And it's these are fun either or kinds of things, and then we can go around as as the hosts and uh, and to respond to those, right? So it's just fun stuff. So keep an eye on the Facebook listeners page, Iron Radio listeners. And we'll start that thread and get some quick fire questions. Uh, those of you who like the levity of the show, because again, if it's just education, it's dull. Um, you know, no offense to my professor colleagues, but we're trying to make this conversational and fun as well and give you something fun to listen to while you're on the treadmill or driving to work or whatever. So quick fire questions contest. We'll, I'll take, uh, we'll randomly choose, I think, because we can also judge these on how good they are, I suppose, but more than likely we'll randomly choose a handful full of you. And I've got the usual swag building up here. We have buttons and mouse pads and, and different things like that. Uh, and then in May, when I can breathe and, you know, the semester ends, we'll send you some cool swags, you know, for participating in this. I want to build the community as much as we can. So um, there it is, quick fire contest coming up in May, and you can start putting in your submissions on the listeners page now. Having said that, uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to join Phil on the road uh, again. With the, he was uh, dealing with some travel and his surgical recovery, but you know, just like with the show, we're we're, we're stubborn, right? So he's going to he, he had some people that needed him as a coach, and he's out there, and he's going to be there for them. So. I'll leave it there, and we'll be back after the break. Hey, listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you, uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle. Oh, you poor meathead. All that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world 
and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single digit royalty on the book. But that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. And on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook – uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, everybody, we are back from the break. Phil and I just wanted to talk about some definitions in strength sports. Uh, we've done shows before on um, like a lexicon of things that are often funny, but we actually thought about operational definitions that some listeners might have different opinions on or maybe just don't know. So, Phil, I'm going to toss some of these out to you, and then you just define them the best you can, okay? Yeah. Um, some of these are bodybuilding related, some are powerlifting. So let's start with um, grinding. When we say grinding and powerlifting, or he has grinding strength, what does that mean? Yeah, that's, I mean, like everybody knows me as a grinding lifter. It's like anything over like 550 for me, it all looks the same speed. It's like a, a crane. You know? Okay. And then you have, you have lifters that are, are more explosive and like, They'll kill a lift, um, and then you add five pounds and it won't move. So you have somebody that can grind out. They can just slowly, a weight's real heavy, and they'll just slowly still edge that lift out. Whereas uh, somebody that doesn't have grinding strength, they just hit a wall and they can't move. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. In the lab, I can tell you, we were just measuring some of this yesterday, where we look at the first hundred or a few hundred milliseconds of a lift versus, you know, think about like the first third of a lift of a rep versus the middle third or the final third of a rep and some guys are very explosive in the beginning but some guys 
they're less explosive, but they move much heavier weights. They just do it sort of at a continuous pace, you yeah. know, and you can see it with the machinery. Um, yeah. Now, is that is the bench or the squat something that's more affected by that, or do you think grinding strength is pretty ubiquitous across powerlifting? No, I think you see it in everything. I mean, yeah. definitely deadlift. You see it a lot in deadlift, people that can grind out huge lifts. And then squat, too. I mean, you'll see people that just, they turn purple and it just slowly keeps coming up. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know. Okay. Uh well, that brings me to another word then. This is, maybe this is the opposite, but when you say explosive, like when you're in the gym, uh, maybe what are some other words for that or what's good about being explosive versus grinding? I definitely use that a lot with my athlete athletes. And I'm, uh, when I'm, I'm talking to athletes, it's like multi-sport athletes. So not the powerlifters and stuff aren't athletic, but um, okay, yeah. totally different. You know, dynamic speed, you know, being able to move themselves or a load very quickly. Um, it doesn't matter if, like, one of my baseball players can lift 600 pounds if he can't hit a little 10-ounce ball really quickly. Right, so, right. the ability to generate power very fast. So Yeah, I've, I actually heard the other day someone mention, you know, the strongest guy in the football team. It might have been you. You know, he, he could bench over 400 pounds, but he sits the sidelines because he can't, he can't explode. You know. Yeah, it doesn't translate to the field. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it has to do with agility and everything else. I mean, the ability to change speed, change direction, um, you know, a lot of that plant plant and just change directions quickly or explode off the line or, you know, whatever it is. Well, um, I, I, grinding I, the, the grinding person may not be the best at that, you know. Right. So. But in powerlifting, I mean, it's probably a unique example of a sport where a grinding lifter can be just as good as the explosive one, right? Yeah, it's just two totally different ways that means to an end, you know. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that said, I train all my lifters to be explosive, so. Okay. Now, so what's yeah. the advantage? What would be the advantage? Like, I can see, for example, in a bench press, if you explode out of the hole, you could almost coast out the last third of the rep if you're very explosive. Is that the idea? Exactly. Yeah, that's the idea. Basically, you get a, if you get a load, if you hit a sticking point, you can you can blast through it. Um, you know, if you have that load moving fast. And honestly, I mean, this is one of the areas where I do differentiate my training with males and females because um, I do a lot more speed work with females because in their life they're better at they're better at tasks that are more endurance based. Um, so it's training them training their musculature to, to fire now, you know. So we do a lot of dedicated speed work with some of them um, just to teach them how to be explosive and how to turn on everything in an instant. So, Right. I think it would almost be a shame, and I don't know how true this is. I'm guessing it is probably true based on some of the fitness data I've seen. But, yeah, that women are not encouraged to be aggressive and powerful in a, lo in a lot of the sports they do. Now, there may be some, like, dance and gymnastics, but – yeah. Uh, yeah, but I get you. Uh, okay, what about hitching? So why is hitch? what is hitching? Why is it bad? That kind of thing. Well, hitching is a, a purposeful jerk on the bar um, in a deadlift. So there's a difference between hitching. Basically what you're looking for in deadlift is hitching and ramping. Um, ramping is where you purposely re-bend the knees and kind of drop your butt back and back up to uh, – to get yourself in a mechanical advantage, which is illegal. And hitching is where, like, you hit a sticking point and you start jerking on the bar um, purposefully. 
So, um, okay. No, that makes bad sense. because I mean you can blow something, but right. uh, you know when you start jerking on a maximal load, that's not a good thing. Um, but you know, I suppose it gives people an advantage. And you know, it's just that they just against the rules, but that's kind of what it is. Okay. Yeah. And strong man accounts. So. Okay. Yeah. Still there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, let's see. We've got a couple other ones. Uh, there are some bodybuilding terms actually on here that I think get confused a lot. But before I get to those, let me give you one or two more that fit both sports. What about intense? I see in a lot of advertisements, you know, for a pre-workout supplement or something, they'll talk about intensity. And I think they confuse this word. Uh, I, like in exercise, oh, yeah. in exercise physiology, intensity means one thing, percent of your maximum. Right, like when you're yeah. programming and stuff. Uh, so maybe offer a few things about what how you define intensity, or maybe how magazines might abuse that term. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely use intensity as a scientific term, meaning we're having you know a, a percentage of your your one RM. Yeah, you know the intensity rising up. You know we're getting into that 80, 90, 95 percent zone. Whereas I think magazines use it as. Uh, you know, a, a term that uh, a, a lifter's very fired up. Um, you need to get yourself fired up. You're gonna have a tough day. Whatever. You know. Right. Um, so it, it's more of a psychological term to them than it is uh, something that relates to the load on the bar. So. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's they mean what I would call alertness. You know, or sense yeah. of energy. You're right. Like a psycho psycho uh, metric kind of thing. A, a psychological variable. Yeah. Because, and you know what, interestingly, in some of the work we've done with stimulants, coffee and pre-workouts and energy drinks, in some cases, it is not a one-for-one perfect correlation between how intense you are mentally and how fast that bar is moving, you know? So it doesn't always translate to the physical like you think it might. I know we've talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, there are a couple of terms in bodybuilding that I think people confuse. Uh, one of them is muscularity. Uh, if you hear that someone's very muscular, uh, I'm just going to put this out there that you know that's it's neither size nor ripped. Muscular doesn't just mean big, and it doesn't yeah. just mean ripped. There are some guys that, for example, their backs are incredibly muscular. You know, they're separated. They're hard. Uh, but they're yeah. also thick, uh, so yeah. I just I, I just want to put that out there. there. There's a difference between muscular and ripped. Uh, ripped just means very very lean. We've had some guys on the yeah. show that were either natural bodybuilders or um, just guys that knew how to get very very lean. And some of the big boys that I know, if they looked at some of these smaller natural guys, I don't think they'd say they are very muscular, right? I mean, may, maybe on some level, ripped, yes. Muscular, not as much. Uh, And I don't know if there's body parts that make you look more muscular, Phil. uh, Any thoughts on the muscularity thing? Well, yeah, I mean, the first thing I come to is like that picture of Kaz's back. Yeah, me too. (laughs) When I think muscular, I think of like a presence. You know, you look at something like, oh, man, you know, he is freaking big. Right, right. It's striking. Um, There's a certain thing to muscularity, you know. I mean, like you said, I mean, you look at some of the little MMA fighters and things like that. Yeah, they're very ripped, but I wouldn't call that muscular. You know, they're sinewy. There's a difference, you know. Yeah, good Uh, word. Yeah. Yep. 
so I think, yeah, there are a lot of terms that define whether or not someone is very lean. I mean, there's ripped. There's um, some people will say he's very vascular. And of course, some people yeah. can be vascular and not even really be that lean. They just have a lot of veins. Sometimes that looks yeah. good. Uh, and, you know, in bodybuilding, it is an indicator of leanness. Sure it is. I mean, if you're if you're bloated water ball, you're not going to have much vascularity. But there's also guys who can be pretty damn vascular and still not lean, you know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we talked about the word separated already, too. You know, uh, when I hear separated uh, on a professional level, I think of there is a video on YouTube of I, Dorian Yates. I think he's at the German Grand Prix. I have never seen such a monster. He was huge. He was muscular, and but he was separated. Like the muscles in his back, there was like a half an inch between every muscle in his back. You know, he yeah. looked like an anatomy chart. Nothing blurred together. So separation, I think, is part of muscularity too. But it's probably its own word, in fact. Um, or, you know, even in, in powerlifting, I imagine, some guys, their legs just look like a Christmas ham. And other ones, you can see yeah. individual muscles. You know, their vastus lateralis or how the rectus femoris in the middle pops out a little. You know. Well, it's probably one of those terms where you know you're—it's a combination of, of leanness and muscularity. So right, yep. Exploration, you know. Right, yeah. So. Uh, here's let's go back to a powerlifting term, and this—I I know you can rail about this, but in the hole, what does it mean when someone is in the hole to you or to other people, or is it a gray area? Well, I mean, to me, it's somebody took their squat deep. You know? Right. So, so um, how do you sunk squat in the hole? You know, they didn't mess around. They, they're not skating the line of just trying to get parallel. You know, they just they dunked it deep and, and blew it up. You know, okay. out of the bottom. They didn't. You know, you see a lot of people coming in and they're they come to a meet and I mean they're just barely skating that line of of the rules of just crossing parallel. And then if somebody dunks it and you know puts it in the hole, they just they came down and you know dropped their squat as the grass and blew it up. You know, right. So. Yeah. Some of those Olympic lifters, they don't leave that to chance, you know, just because of the way yeah. that those lifts look. I mean, they've got their their balls brushing the floor, you know. Yeah. You know, one person that's really good at that, you know, JP, he leaves no doubt of that his squats are good. You know, he just even he just put up a, a, a video of him doing a thousand three. Um, and oh. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, he puts it in the hole and comes up. You know? Right. And. Yeah. He's got the, the mindset of if you're going to squat it, you might as well take it deep because, you know, if it's high, it doesn't count anyways. So, you know, right. it's a bad lift if you go high. So you might as well give yourself a chance and put it in the hole and come up. Okay. So, so you would define it as what? At least two inches below parallel or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just no doubt below parallel. Okay. So Now, in the bench, uh, would, would that also be used in the bottom position of the bench or not so much? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if you can, you could define somebody as you know they're weak in the hole on the bench or whatever. You know, if somebody's weak off the chest, um, you know they're weak in that bottom range. Right. Uh, I mean, you can't really like a squat. You can cut it high. You can't really. The bench is just supposed to touch you, so right. Uh, go below touching you. <laughs> right. Um, right. So. You can you can go lower than the rules are intended in, in a squat. You can't go lower than the rules are intended in a bench unless you just crush yourself. 
Right. So. And, you know, I think that's what makes the deadlift unique then because if you can do that in the squat or in the bench, there's really no analogy, uh, no parallel with the deadlift then, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you're not descending into anything. Yeah. So it's just interesting, you know, makes that lift in some ways kind of opposite. Like you start in the upward direction, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and that goes back to grinding too. I mean, you will see that uh, many of your grinding lifters are your better deadlifters because they're able to, they're not reliant on a stretch reflex of bouncing into the hole on their squat. They might not be as good of a squatter as one of those guys, but generally they're a better deadlifter. They have that, that grinding strength to just get it going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That so. makes sense. Uh, that's pretty much my list. I mean, I'm sure there are some others, uh, and again, I wanted to throw out some terms that were they needed operationally defined, right? Because we talk about it on the show a lot, and we get we'll get people who will um, they'll say I follow along mostly, you know. But the more I listen, the more I know. So sometimes I think it's good to get out some real definitions uh, as opposed to again some of the silly stuff, you know. Like in the past, we've joked about people being water balls, or you know, there's all kinds of funny terms, and we've uh, there's a show for that we've done long ago, but. Uh, anyway, um, well, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Phil's on the road, and uh, I've got some kind of nasty flu. So uh, I think what we're probably going to uh, wrap it up there. Uh, Phil, where are you? Maybe just let everybody know what you're doing before we, we close out. I am taking the Special Olympics team to their first meet of the year. This is the, geez, what is it? It's the provincials or something they call it. I don't remember. But uh it's the first meet. Next night, next meet, we go to regionals, and then after that, whoever qualifies goes to state. So, how many? Um, how many guys do you have or gals? We've got eleven. Okay. So eleven, eleven guys. Well, ten guys, one girl on the special Olympics powerlifting team that I work with. And uh, so we'll see. We're, you know, this is kind of a warm up meet for them, and they do it weird in special Olympics. They literally do three meets over six weeks. So these guys only get two weeks. Oh to man. Yeah, they get two weeks between meets, and uh, it's like, yeah, so eh. we'll see how it goes. Well, good on you for doing that. I know you're still recovering from the surgery yeah. and everything. How, how's that coming? Obviously, you're in a car, so. It's horrible, but this is worse. <laughs> than I would rather get a hip replacement than a, a hamstring reattached, so. Oh, uh, man. I think I was walking right after the hip replacement, so I don't get a walk for 11 more days. And then I still have to walk in this brace to keep my hip stuck at 30 degrees. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got two choices. I can lay down or or stand up. So even while I'm driving driving here, I'm kicked way back in the seat. But uh, right. I, I could not not drive any longer. So, <laughs> Well, you know, your your lifters need you. Your Special Olympics lifters yep. need you. So. Exactly. So. Good stuff. All right, everybody, we're going to call it there. Cut him a shorter episode. Phil's on the road, and I'm hacking up along. So uh, we'll just see you next week. Yep, have a good weekend. Hey, listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store, one for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and 
choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun, heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org. And um, let us know what you think on the forums. And certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.